that, that an explosion happens in your heart and you have to let it out in some way. And it comes out through a shout, it comes out through a dance. Sometimes it's that, but then someday it explodes into that. <laughs> but it's something of just who God is. And so I would encourage you, if you were with us and you felt, oh, what is this? Um, one of the words for praise, the Hebrew words of praise in the Bible is the word halal. Not the chicken halal one, but halal. We, we get hallelujah from God. From dawn. <laughs> okay, you see, I'm Afrikaans also. <laughs> when you get hallelujah, um, the word hallelujah, is, uh, you get it from the word um, halal, which means to be calamorously foolish. Do you think we were calamorously foolish this morning? <laughs> sort of, no. <laughs> so we biblical when we do that. <laughs> we sort of biblical when we shout. Now, one of the Hebrew words for us is shabach, which means shout. Um, did some of you lift your hands this morning? Yeah, so I think we're biblical in a sense when we praise God extravagantly and wildly. So I want to encourage you just to, to be free, not let your personality or even your church background hinder you from praising the one that is so worthy. And I saw a lot of freedom in this place, but even for those that was wondering, what is this? It is, it's, we should praise God the way He wants us to praise Him. Um, this one guy said there's only two times when you praise God when you feel like it and when you don't feel like it <laughs> alright so I think we had both this morning some of them were not feeling like it but um, and then when we felt like it <laughs> we left your name on high so there's really something powerful in praising God so Ulrich came to me um, just now and he said he, he really feels something the Lord wants to come do so just read that scripture so I just felt the scripture in Psalm 27, uh, verse 1. The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And the Lord is my stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Okay, so he didn't know what I'm preaching about, but I, my title of my servitor is Fear Not. <laughs> okay, so I thought it was good for him to actually just come and share that. Um, because um, two weeks ago I was doing my, my daily scripture reading and I was reading out of Nehemiah. As I was reading through that chapter, I felt that, hey, there's something here that the Lord actually wants to speak to us as a congregation. So I'm going to read, we're going to read together, but I want some sound effects while we're reading. Okay, so whenever you hear the word Sanbalat or Tobiah, nah? you say, oh oh. <laughs> okay, Sanbalat or Tobiah? Oh oh. <laughs> okay. And then, Sambalat of the Baya. Alright. And then, whenever you hear afraid or fear or made frightened, anything that has to do with fear, you say, uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. Okay. So, ho-oh. Sambalat. Nah. Ho-oh. Afraid, fear. Uh-uh. Okay. Is that difficult? No. Alright. So, let's read out of Nehemiah 6. So, whenever you, whenever you hear that word, I want you to... To, to give some sound effects, okay. Alright, are you ready? I wonder how this is going to go. Alright. Alright. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1 to 14. You can follow up there or you can read in your own Bible. I'm from the ESV translation. Now, when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left in it, although up to that time I had not set the doors in, in the gates. Sanballat and Gesem sent to me, saying, 
Come and let us meet together at Hakkaferim in the plain of Ono. But they intended to do me harm. I'm hearing sound effects which I didn't use. <laughs> so I was just like, am I reading from a different translation? Alright, cool. Alright. So then, um, cool. And then verse 3. And I sent, and I sent, so, so the, I sent messengers to them saying, I'm doing a great work and I cannot come down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and come down to you? And they sent to me four times in this way, and I answered them in the same manner. In the same way, Sanballat, for the fifth time, sent me, sent his servant to me with an open letter in his hand. In it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem also, um, Geshem also says it, that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That is why you are building the wall. And according to this report, you wish to become the king. And you have also set a prophet to proclaim concerning you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah, and now the king will hear these reports. So now come and let us counsel together. Then I sent to him, saying, No such thing as you say have been done, for you are inventing them out of your own mind. For all they wanted to, to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will, um, will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen up my hands. Now when I went into the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Mehetabel, who was, confirmed, who was confined to his home, he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. They are coming to kill you um, by night. But I said, should such a man as I run away? And what man such as I could go into the temple and live? I will not go in. And I understood and saw that God had not sent them, but had pronounced the prophecy against me, because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. For this purpose he has hired, that I should be afraid, and act in this way, and sin, and they could, so that they could give me a bad name in order to taunt me. Remember Tobiah and Sambalot, oh, oh my God, according to these things that they did, and also the prophets, Noadiah, prophetess Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets, who wanted to make me afraid. Ah. Uh, okay, cool. All right, well done. Give me some All right, good. All right, so those of you that's not familiar with the story of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah um, is the guy who actually, we, we prayed, or oh, this morning we prayed for the walls to come down. <laughs> Nehemiah was actually one that went to bolt the wall. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, it's funny. I thought like, okay, we're going to bolt the wall again. All right. But this war was different. Nehemiah gets this news in Nehemiah chapter 1 that, the, um, remember, they are in exile. They've been exiled into Babylon. And, and he's in the, in the Persian king's palace. He's the cupbearer. And the cupbearer had a very important job because he had to taste all the wine before the king. And if it's poisoned, then the cupbearer will die. Um, but that, it was quite a, it was a buffer for the king. And so as he was there, he got news that 
the walls of Jerusalem is in ruins, and the people are suffering and in, in, in Jerusalem. So he started praying and fasting and praying, and, and one day he was in the king's presence, and the king says, why are you so sad? And he says, why? How can I be happy if I know that my people are suffering and the walls are broken down? So I'm, I'm going through chapter 1, chapter 2, you're not chapter 2, so I'm just giving you some um, headlines. So then um, the king said, but what do you want to do? And he says, I want to go and I want to rebuild the wall. And, he, and the king says, okay, go. And he gives him some provision and then Nehemiah goes and he also sends help with them. And, and they started, he rallied the people and they started building the wall. And that's where we get to chapter 6. Now the wall is almost finished. And, um, and we're starting to read in um, chapter 1, uh, uh, verse 1, Now when Sandalat and Dubaira and Geshem the Arab, <laughs> there's some white people in the room, um, you don't have to say it now, but it just, um, so I saw these two creatures in this chapter, Sandalat and Tobiah, and they had this assignment. Even if you read chapter 4, it, it's like they didn't want Nehemiah to build this wall. So constantly they were, they were, they were mocking Nehemiah and say, don't. And he's, they were actually wanted to kind of fight against this. So we get that famous part where Nehemiah, the one he's building with the one hand and the other hand you have the... The, the sword and the and, and another one you're building kind of thing that scenario um, and so they constantly through the whole book of Nehemiah they're challenging and they're testing Nehemiah and say um, and then in verse chapter six we see that they actually want to bring they want to lure him away where am I now sorry I scroll up to find him um, so they, they, they jerked and mocked him, and then they want to lure him away with, with this thing. And four times. So if, what I want to say is actually, I thought, Sambalat and Dubai is actually fear. And the enemy, there's an enemy that the Lord wants to come and deal with today. And it's fear. And so, and I want you to see as we read through this, that what, what's their assignment? Um... So they try to lure him away, lure him away from the work that God has given him. And doesn't fear also do that? It wants to pull you away from what God has for you. It has this thing, it comes with its lies. And we see even here that Sambalat actually makes up these things to say that why Nehemiah wants to build the wall. He says, no, you, you want to be the king. And Nehemiah said, none of that is true. You're making that up in your own mind. So in a sense, fear has this thing of making things up to seems as if, that it seems it's true, but it's not true. So that it can lure and pull you away from that which, which God has for you. I hope you've experienced that before. Just as you want to step out and do something for the Lord, fear comes and it pulls you out. Like a sunglass in Dubai. But uh-uh. <laughs> Nehemiah. <laughs> he was uh-uh. Uh-oh. <laughs> he, he wasn't for that thing. I mean, four times they tried this. And he says, no, no, go back. I'm not going to fall for this. The fifth time, they actually come to slander him and say, ah, this is a... He says, no. I know what your plan is. And, and this is where verse um, 9 comes in. Um, it says... 
For they all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work, and it will not be done. But now, O oh God, strengthen my hands. So Nehemiah, he discerns what the enemy wants to do. He discerns what fear wants to do. His fear wants to pull him away. He discerns that. He says, no, O oh God. Now, O oh God, strengthen me. He goes to God. With you further, be anxious for nothing, but in prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. So Sambalat does the same thing. He cries out to God, say, Lord, come and strengthen my hands. And then we even get, they, they, they get people that he knows in a place of people that they trust. Sometimes fear even comes to the familiar, somebody that you trust, when you've expected the, the, the least. Um, and now he's in the house of somebody that he's knowing and that somebody of Dubai actually paid the prophetess to prophesy certain things and, and lure him into the temple which he was not a priest and he was not allowed to go in there so he discerned that this is not something that God wanted to do so actually you know what fear stands for is false evidence appearing real False evidence appearing real. That's what fear is. It's false. And so they, through the false, they want to lure Sambalat into a ach, not Sambalat, Nehemiah into a place where he actually pulls him away and actually where it leads to sin. And with your experience where fear actually does that. It lures you away and it, it, it's relentless. It keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. It, it grips all of you. And I believe something in the spirit that the Lord wants to come in. He wants to break that hold this morning. He wants to come and break that hold. Um, and we're going to pray a bit later. And I'm going to trust the Lord that He's going to break the shackle of fear of our lives. And that we will be liberated to put our hands to the work that the Lord has given us. And finish what He has given us to start. Yeah. But remember, a few weeks earlier we started about Noah. That was, that was given this assignment by faith. To build a boat. Um, and, and some of you have certain things. Nehemiah was a wall. He was given a wall to build. Noah was given a boat. What are the things that God has given you? But you are not completing. You are not finishing. Because fear has its grip on you. A Sanballat and a Dubaiah is luring you away. It is sowing false things into your thoughts. And, and God wants to actually say, Shh. Uh-uh. You, you stop today. You stop putting fear in God's people. Now, what is fear? I'm not speaking here about rational fear. In a sense, like rational fear is you're on the edge of walking next to a cliff. Rational fear would say don't walk too close because you're going to fall over. There is, in a sense, some wisdom to have some rational fears. Like, if I'm going to walk too close, I probably, so fear would tell me, hey, don't stand too close. Um, or something, when we were kids, um, we, um, we played, we played there in the bushes and, and in Borsa, and, um, and we would play, I think we were 10 or 11 years old, and we were playing and just minding our own business and like, <laughs> just doing our thing, minding our own business. And, and suddenly, as we looked up, there was this green mamba just in front of us. So we looked at the mamba, and the mamba looked at us. So we had this moment of staring of mamba. And then suddenly, both myself and my brother 
Islam is Stian. We did this on this sign. I said, and we turned around and we ran. <laughs> it's like fear in that moment taught us this staring thing is not going to work. <laughs> Go <laughs> now. <laughs> Otherwise, the snake is going to bite you. And so that's the only thing that made sense in that moment. So there is sometimes fear is not bad. There's something that protects you. Protects you. But what I want to speak about the fear that's irrational. The fear of man. The fear of the unknown. The fear of losing control or losing somebody to, to in health. Those type of fears. Do yourself a favor and go and look look up some of the phobias that there are. I tried to figure out how many of them are there. And then at a point they said the top hundred of phobias that you get. So they are like, um, uh, I've got the top ten here. It's interesting, right? So number ten is tri triphobia, the fear of holes. <laughs> So, these people are afraid, sorry if that's you, I'm not going to make it, <laughs> so, but I just want to say it's irrational, it doesn't make sense, the fear of holes, where even like a honeycomb frightens them, the, the holes in the sponge, it can get as crazy as that, the fear of holes, then there's like um, aerophobia, the fear of flying, now, a few years ago, I was on this plane from Isle of Man to um, flying back to Gatwick. Now, usually you have jet engines. Now, these planes on Isle of Man has got these propellers. So we get into this plane, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> I've never flown on a plane that has these propellers. But it's a big, like a Boeing kind of size plane with propellers. I'm like, oh. So we sat in this plane, and the, the propellers got going. And you can't hear anybody speaking. It's just going loud. And then this thing takes off. Now in that plane trip, I saw aerophobia. Because <laughs> at a point, as we were flying, this thing took off and we were flying. And at a point, we were doing this. <laughs> and it was a lot of turbulence. A lot of turbulence. And you could see those who had aerophobia grab to their seats or they grab somebody next to you. I was like, <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I was just going for it. Because I, I wasn't afraid of flying. I was just, I know where I'll go after this. <laughs> if it ends. So, and this is fun. <laughs> and it's like, a, it's like a free roller coaster. Oh no, I did pay for that trip. So <laughs> it wasn't free. Alright. But there are crazy fears that we people get um, get troubled with. Like the fear of, of phobia, The fear of snakes. Which some of us, it, I mean, I said like it's good sometimes to be afraid of a snake so you don't get bite. But there's this crazy, this this irrational fear of snakes or the fear of spiders. <laughs> this is the most common. That's number one, the fear of spiders. <laughs> so I mean, there's hundreds of hundreds of these things. And what is fear? Fear is a tool that the devil uses against us to make us miserable and to destroy us. And even to cause us to sin. That's what fear does. It, is, it wants to make us miserable. It wants to, wants to cut short that which God has for us. And I want to say this morning in the spirit, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I struggle sometimes with the fear of failure. That I don't want to fail. I don't want to, even like that, that thing keeps on coming. 
fear of man is something that the Lord has been delivering me a lot from. It's like, I was the introvert. I couldn't speak in front of people. But God, God is able to deliver us from all our fears. Um, fear of the unknown. Fear of losing your health, your job, control. Fear of the future. There are many fears that take grip of us. And they are the Sambalats and the Tobias that wants to hinder you to grab hold of that which God has for you. Can you say with me today, ha <laughs> From today on, ha stop it. This spirit of fear, this thing that wants to, this irrational thing that pulls us into these lies should stop. The enemy's main purpose was to generate fear in the heart of Nehemiah and his workers, knowing that fear destroys faith and paralyzes life. Hitler knew, knew this also. I never quote Hitler, but this is one thing I <laughs> Adolf Hitler wrote this thing. Mental confusion, contradiction of feeling, indecisiveness, panic. These are our weapons. <laughs> so they use fear as a weapon. They use panic as a, as a weapon. And that's what the devil also does. He uses it as a weapon against us. Second Timothy 1 verse 7. Timothy is this young leader. He's timid and he's, he's afraid. But he has to lead all the people than himself. And he has to put elders in place. It's overwhelming too. And then Paul writes this to him and says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So the spirit that God has given us is not one of fear. Do you see that fear is actually a spirit? And if it's a spirit, we have to deal with that spirit. But what has He given us? He has given us His Holy Spirit, which is of power, of love, and a sound mind. So that which comes of the Holy Spirit is that of power, of love, and a sound mind. So if, if the Holy Spirit is of power, of love, and a sound mind, then the spirit of fear is of feeling powerless, feeling unloved, not having a sound mind. Have you, got, do you, have you ever been into those loops of fear? Your mind is completely not sound at that stage. What if? <gasps> what now? <laughs> it's like this little boy. You see, the love, the, the, the presence of Jesus, God wants to set us free of fear, but not like this boy thought about it. This, this one boy, he, his mom asked him to go and fetch the broom on the porch. So he goes out. To, to, or, or, no, and his mom sees in his face before he goes out, his mom sees in his face it's like, this boy is afraid she says, son Jesus is with you you don't have to be afraid, he will protect you and he will keep you you don't have to be afraid just go out on the porch and fetch the broom for me, now she, the mom sees this boy is thinking like <laughs> so mom, is Jesus really here? is he, is he, is he here? And, and mostly, yeah, he's on the porch even like, he's everywhere. He's God with us. And he, and he says, okay. So he's out there also. He says, yeah, you can trust him. He will protect you. So the boy goes to the door. He opens the door. He looks out. He says, 
Jesus, Jesus, if you are out there, can you hand me the broom? <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus wants to set us free from fear so that we can actually go out on the porch and fetch the broom. <laughs> take hold of that orders of those things that the Lord has for us but if God wants to set us free he wants to set us free completely yes he's everywhere he wants to protect us but he wants to give us a freedom that fear doesn't have this loop thing in our minds and pulls us down all right so how do we deal with fear oh yeah before I go to that um, Romans 8 verse 15 says for, the, for, for you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, cry Abba, Father. So, we haven't received that spirit. God is not the author and the giver of that fear. And He's the one that's able to enable you to break free and break free from fear. Now, there's many ways to overcome fear, but I want to use 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. So if the Holy Spirit is one of power, of love, and a sound mind, I believe these three things, in them there's a key for us to actually overcome fear. Overcome powerlessness. Overcome the sense of not feeling love. Overcome the fact that our mind goes crazy and runs around. Alright. So how do we overcome fear? We actually need to cry out for the Holy Spirit. We need to cry out for the Holy Spirit. Because He is power. Nothing is impossible for God. Acts 1 verse 8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. To be my witnesses. God says, You're afraid to speak to other people about me? When my Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. My enablement, my ability to overcome that fear. And I believe this plays into every area. Even Nehemiah said, Lord, now strengthen my hands. He cried out to God, Lord, strengthen my hands. So we cry out for the Holy Spirit to come and strengthen us. Because His ability is able to help us to overcome that fear. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead, is the same power that is within you, that comes by the Holy Spirit. So that when fear comes knocking, when Sanbalat and Dubai comes knocking, you can say, ha-ha. Ha-ha. You can discern through what God this, the power that's working within you, you can say, no fear, you have no place here. Trust in Him who is able to enable and strengthen you. Trusting in Him who is able to enable you and strengthen you. <clears throat> the second one is love. The Holy Spirit also gives us love. It's one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. What does the Bible say? What love does? It's 1 John 4 verse 8. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. 
There is no fear in love. So as we cry out for the Holy Spirit, Romans 5 verse 5 says this thing, it says, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. There is no fear in love, so what we need to cry out is for the Holy Spirit, the one that is able to flush out fear as His perfect love comes in and casts out all fear. Do you believe that? <laughs> Are you thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. um, there's no fear in love. God's perfect love casts out fear. And He's able to cast out all fear this morning as we cry for His Spirit. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. In intimacy and closeness of Jesus, he says, do not fear. You are able to not fear because you are close to me. Yes, boy, <laughs> Jesus is with you. You don't have to be afraid. But you are, don't have to be afraid. You can actually go fetch that broom. Because he's with you. Do not anxiously look about you. This is where a sound mind comes in. An unsound mind. Who's watching me? Okay, close all the doors. Oh, what's going to happen next year? All students. <laughs> what, what's the little hard for me? Um, what should I take this job? Who should I marry? <gasps> Be anxious about nothing. But embrace application. Oh, Lord. <laughs> unsound mind. The mind goes. Where the mind goes, the man follows. So, the spirit that the Lord has given us is the spirit of a sound mind. One that is not a mind that runs, is like a squirrel. <laughs> Oof, rabbit, kill that rabbit. <laughs> kill that thing. The enemy comes in with these lies, like a son below. He, 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 four times he came and put these lies in Nehemiah, but he didn't fall for it. To be able to discern, the Holy Spirit enables us to discern that and to say, uh -uh, not here. You're not welcome. 2 Corinthians 10, verse um, 3 to 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. By being, by being ready to punish every disobedience when the obedience, when your obedience is complete. Fear has this thing to create this, it comes like a sunblock and put thoughts in your hand and it, it's there to destroy, it's there to pull you away, to lure you into a place of sin. It's false evidence appearing real. But faith, trusting God, is forsaking all, I take Him. Forsaking all, I take him. Morris, you should be afraid of failing. Forsaking all, I take him. You should be afraid of your future. What's, what's going to happen? Forsaking all, I take him. He knows. 
I'm going to trust. I'm going to put the full of being of my trust in Him because I know He is who He says He is. He's not a man that He should lie. Have He not said and will He not do? He is not like a Tobiah. He's not like a Sunderland. He is His assignment is not to bring fear. But He is to bring love, power, and a sound mind. That is what comes from by the Holy Spirit. And then, then we see what happens in Nehemiah 6 verse 16. It says, And all our enemies heard of it. And what did they hear? In 52 days, they repaired the wall. That sounds impossible. How can they actually repair a wall in 52 days and hang the gates? It is a work of God. Now hear this. All the nations around us were afraid. <laughs> fear on you. <laughs> you want to make me afraid? No, fear on you. Why? Um, and fell greatly in their own esteem. For they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. This is the one that we are trusting in. It's like this work has been accomplished by the one who is all powerful. The one that is so loving, that pulls us into who He is. That we are so drawn into intimacy that we do not have to be afraid. If we go back to that scripture in Isaiah 41. Do not fear, for I am with you. God is saying, you have access to such an intimate relationship. Do not anxiously look about. Do not, you have a sound mind. I am your God. I will strengthen you. Come by the Spirit. There's power that comes through the Spirit. I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is the God that we serve. This is the one that through perfect love can cast out that fear in your heart. I want you for a moment to think of that son beloved and that Tobiah. That thing that you know keeps on tripping you up. That thing that holds you from doing what God has called you to do. Remember earlier when we started this term I said, what the, I feel what the Lord is calling us to do this term we will not be able to do without faith. Just to remind us. And some of us actually, we set out on that course, but fear has tried. Tried to slow us down. Tried to come around the corner with all these things. But God wants to say, I want to deal with that fear today. So how should we respond? I've asked, um, so we need to firstly, let me, let me say that, we firstly need to realize the schemes of the Sambalat and Tobiah, that their, their scheme is to bring fear. We need to realize that Nehemiah discerned that and he didn't give into that. So the Holy Spirit helped him to actually not see this. And then he cried out to God to strengthen him. And I believe um, as we cry out to the Holy Spirit today, we're going to cry out for the Holy Spirit to come and flush our hearts. That is perfect love. The, same, the Holy Spirit is poured into our hearts. And this perfect love casts our fear. That as we do that, He will come and flush our fear. And almost in a sense, some of us actually could be delivered from fear today as we're going to pray. I'm going to trust for that. That fear actually will break off of you. That it's not just you have to shift your mind and think better. 
I've given you the truth right now, but I also believe that we're going to do a declaration today. We're going to trust. Um, I didn't start with this, but I actually said, I want to pick a fight with fear today. Not motives, but I feel the Lord actually wants to come and deal with this thing in our midst. Because there are great works. There are walls that need to be built. There are things that the Lord wants to do through each one of us. And fear will stop hindering us from doing that. So before we do that, I've asked Ruben, uh, I've asked Ruben just to come and... Because there's one fear that is... That, that Maybe Ruben, just come. So I want us to pray together. But before we do that, I've asked Ruben just to make sure that all of us know Him intimately. So, go for it, man. Uh, as, I, as I was just, just sitting there on my, on my chair, I, I, I felt... Felt so, I felt pain in my heart for some people of us here. And um, I believe that the Lord wants to speak to you this morning. And He wants to encounter you. And as you just, let's just all close our eyes. And I believe that as you have never met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as you, as you actually be honest with yourself, and you don't know Him. And I actually felt that, that there's that there's people here that think that they are unworthy of Jesus. Let me tell you the gospel. Let me tell you the good news. Jesus came down to this earth. And he lived a perfect life. And at the end of his life, he died on a cross. And that cross, his blood, is making you worthy this morning. There's, there's no reason to fear. The Father of love is here to embrace you. He is here to come and welcome you into his house. And as we were calling on his name this morning, as we are crying out to Jesus, the Bible says all who call upon his name will be saved. And the Father, it's his desire, it is his heart for you to be saved. The Bible says all who receives him will become children of God. So as you're sitting here, and you're just becoming honest with yourself. And you know you're not right with God in this moment. And you want to make right. I'm going to tell you, He wants to make right with you. It's a lie that He does not want to make right with you. So I'm going to ask you both of you to just raise your hand. If that is you. If God is speaking to you this morning. And you want to receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Thank you. See that man? I believe there's there's a bit more. There's no reason to fear. When Jesus met his disciples after he raised from the dead, he came into the room and he says, Peace be with you. And I believe that God encounters you this morning and wants to make peace with you. Can we just stand around this lady there? Just pray. If there's someone else, I want you to be bold and raise your hand. Yeah, so, Ruben, you can stay here. Um, 
So if you if you say you know the Holy Spirit will speak to you, it's not us that's saying, it's him that's speaking. They all speak to you right now. And and we're not um, this one guy like if the house is burning off, we won't throw a little rock against it. Oh sir, your house is burning off. <laughs> or burning down, burning off, not burning. And we won't do that. It's like there's a fire in your house that we keep on shouting. And this is a matter of eternity. There's something of if you do not know Jesus today, we want to make that appeal for you right now. Because the next prayer is going to be actually to be set free from fear. So I want you to, it's only Jesus. Whoever calls upon his name, he will be delivered. So if you are here still and you want to give your life to Jesus, just lift your hand up to Jesus. 